Hello, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Reaction Time, the newest podcast to hit the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, which is going to be a wrestling podcast hosted by me, Jacqueline Cortova, with my co-host, Ben Visser. Ben, welcome to the Cyclone Fanatic family. Hello, how are you today? I am wonderful. Thank you for adding me to the family. Um, thank you for letting me join you guys. It's going to be a fun time. Um, like Jackie said, I'm Ben Visser. I have a background in traditional print media. I worked for the Cedar Rapids Gazette for five years, and I I guess I quit technically this year <laughs> after the TCU football game. Uh, I put in my two weeks notice. I got a job being the director of marketing for Friedrich I Real Estate here in Ames. I'm also a real estate agent. So I was a free agent, I guess, so to speak. I thought I was retired, but apparently I was a free agent. Jackie and the Cyclone Fanatic crew, they got a hold of me, asked me if I want to be a part of a wrestling podcast. Wrestling is kind of how I got my start as a journalist with the Iowa State Daily back in the day. And so I couldn't say no. And here we are in the inaugural, inaugural episode, which should be exciting. I am so excited to have you as my co-host, Ben. I, uh, you know, I've been covering Iowa State wrestling for Cyclone Fanatic for four years now. And I always want to try and find new ways to cover the team and just continue to grow the sport of wrestling. And, you know, Chris and I were having a beer, just talking about how I can continue to grow. And Chris was like, you know what, why don't you hit up Ben and you guys should do a wrestling podcast together. And so thankfully I am so glad you agreed. Um, yeah, it would just, you know, happen overnight. And I'm really glad you said yes. I was nervous you were going to say no since you had literally just quit your job, but here we are. No, I couldn't um, say no to you guys. That's <laughs> how I got started and everything. And I enjoyed the sport too much. I didn't grow up around wrestling really at all. Um, but when I went to the Iowa State Daily, when I started in journalism, they put me on the wrestling beat. I learned wrestling from the ground up. I my internship was, was with track wrestling. So I just got fully ingrained in wrestling and I, I love the sport. Now it's just so entertaining to watch and cover because it's just one person versus one person. You can't blame anybody else. And the results fall on your shoulders. And it's just, it's one of the most accountable sports there is. And it's just also the quotes are pretty fantastic that wrestlers give you. So it's hard to complain about that. You know, I definitely can, uh, relate to the whole kind of getting thrown into it, not really having a background because I started doing it because I was kind of just recruited to be a wrestling manager in high school. And again, I also knew absolutely nothing. I honestly didn't even really know what wrestling was when I was asked to do it. Cause I had just moved to Iowa from Las Vegas. And let me tell you, I did not know what college wrestling was when I was mm -hmm. in Las Vegas. So, um, yeah, like you said, wrestling is definitely a sport that once you get into it, it kind of sucks you in. And so when Chris asked me to be a wrestling writer, when I was, uh, I would have been a junior, I think maybe my fourth year of college. Um, it just kind of was very, a very tempting offer to return to the sport after not having done anything with it after I graduated high school. So cannot complain about the quotes. Kevin Dresser definitely keeps us entertained. Absolutely. And you get, in my opinion, the best athletes that to give quotes are wrestlers because the football guys, the men's basketball guys, the women's basketball girls, they get coached up more about how to talk to the media and you get a lot more coach speak type type of answers from them. 
but wrestlers they'll give you stuff like i want to break this guy's will i want to make sure he never steps on a mat with me again and that's this there's such incredible quotes i love it that's the biggest thing i'll miss about actually getting in a having an interview with a wrestler because i'm not i'm not going to do that in my current role so i will miss that part but man i'm excited to hear what stuff you guys or what what stuff you get from wrestlers and um they're always fun quotes to read and listen to yeah for sure honestly it throwback to when austin gomez was here but you made me think of like during the cyhawk week back in like what year was it 2017 2018 when his entire his only quote to us was i'm gonna win like i'm gonna beat them and yeah, you don't tend to see that from other sports. They tend to keep it pretty tame. <laughs> Absolutely. But definitely lots of wrestling to talk about for this week. Um, we have four total duels this week, starting with Wednesday night. We have CSU Bakersfield making the trip to Ames. Iowa State had their Arizona road trip canceled due to COVID. And thankfully, they were able to find a replacement that is willing to come to Ames. Dresser told us that it took him exactly 48 hours to make the new duel happen with getting all the contracts, all the finance side of things to get CSU Bakersfield all the way to Ames. So we have that action starting and then we'll have a fun trip to Wyoming right away on Friday, which should be a really good, um, tough team to finally see our guys go up some tougher competition no offense to see a few bakersfield <laughs> and then we'll end the week with a fun trip to montana which is home of Jarrett dagan senior who will get to compete in his high school gym yeah that's going to be awesome i want to give a huge shout out to cal state bakersfield it's in this time of covid when dual meets are getting canceled turn entire tournaments are getting canceled getting a team in 48 hours from California to get them to Iowa is no small feat. So shout out to Cal state Bakersfield for wanting to take that on. I know they've had a few dual meets canceled in a row, so they needed to wrestle someone. So big shout out to them. I know that probably won't be a close dual meet. They do have a couple ranked guys, but beyond that, Iowa state should handle them relatively easily. Now it won't be Northwest Kansas technical college easy, but I mean, Iowa state should win that win that dual meet pretty easily, but I just, the fact that it, it's even happening is what's great about Cal state Bakersfield and the sport of wrestling just in general is they're able to make this happen on a quick turnaround time. I'm not sure you see something like that in a sport like basketball where there's, well, there's TV involved with basketball. So with wrestling can be a lot more flexible. And I just, I'm, I'm grateful for Cal state that they're able to do this. Especially that they're, giving Iowa state, I mean, this is definitely an advantage for them to give the guys another opportunity to wrestle in their home arena, which is really exciting, especially with how much they've been battling, uh, just sickness around the team. Uh, today we got to talk to Ramazan for the first time in a while. And he said he's been pretty sick. So mm -hmm. he's pretty excited to rejoin the lineup, uh, and just get back out there, which I know a lot of the guys had been sick. Ian Parker just made his return. Um, I think Tyson Tarakino is out sick recently. So definitely a fun opportunity for them. I know they did have two CSU Bakersfield had two duels canceled this past weekend. So I think it worked out for them to hit up Ames. And then I think they're making a trip to Michigan. So it is pretty cool to see how the sport of wrestling is just 
all working together in some kind of Tetris to bring teams across the country to each other. Um, I was kind of disappointed. Dresser said that he had even had some conversations with Michigan about potentially, mm. I would have loved an Iowa state. That Michigan been fantastic. So kind of disappointed. There, a, that there would have been happen. a lot of callbacks with that Michigan. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it sounds like Cannon store, former Iowa state wrestler, sounds like he's out with an injury, but I mean, you also have former Iowa state head coach, Kevin Jackson as an assistant at Michigan. That could have been really fun. KJ. I, when I started covering wrestling, KJ was the head coach and one of the best and nicest human beings you will ever meet, never talk to. So um, that would have been really fun. And obviously it would have been more comparable to an Arizona state, which is a dual meet that got canceled for Iowa state that Arizona state's a top end team. Michigan's obviously top end teams. That would have been ideal, but I mean, even if you look at Cal State's lineup, they have two ranked guys, one at 133, one at 141. And the interesting part about that is the guy at 33, Chance Rich, like you said, he's going to go against Ramazan Adesayev, who'd been dealing with the sickness. If Ramazan can show what he's capable of, beat, beat a ranked guy coming off a of sickness, I think that bodes well for Ramazan the rest of the year. And then at 141, um, Angelo Maritone, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, it looks like Italian. Um, He's going to be wrestling Ian Parker, who just dropped down, is just coming off a of sickness, like you said. So that'll be a nice easing into it with a challenge. Um, obviously, we expect Ian Parker to be a top 10 wrestler, an all-American type of wrestler. So in past, we'd expect Ian to win this pretty handily, but him just dropping down, him coming off a of sickness, I think that'll be a good test for him to see where he's back and if he's got his legs back in the mat rust, mat rust off. You know, it's definitely been a tough season. And today there was a good point made where you look at a team like Wyoming and due to so many cancellations, so many of these teams are just being underranked. And so many yeah. of, the, of these guys are being underranked because how do you compare to a guy who's only gotten two mat matches? I think it's CSU Bakersfield or it might be Wyoming. I can't remember which one of the two now. They've only had two actual duels. Yeah, that's Cal State Bakersfield. And then yeah. Wyoming has only had one duel. Wyoming is 0-1 in dual meets. They've only had one dual meet this year, Wyoming. So, yeah, it's just – it's nuts that we really aren't that far away from NCAAs and conference championships, and so many of these guys are just grasping to make sure they get all these matches under their belts, and especially guys like Ian Parker who haven't really wrestled at all except one one match, and it wasn't even at his weight now. So, yeah. And the hard part is I think both Wyoming and Cal state did go to cliff Keen. So they did wrestle in a tournament. They did get to get that under their belt, but even tournaments like the Midlands just got completely canceled. They're just like, Nope, we're not having them this year. So there's going to be a lot of teams and a lot of guys, like you said, are they underranked? Are they overranked? We're not really going to find out until NCAs. So there's the seedings in NCAs this year are going to be incorrect. I mean, and it's not the people who see it. It's not their fault, but it's just going to be impossible to see the guy who's nine and two and has only wrestled 11 matches this year. And even that might be a stretch. There's going to be guys who've probably only wrestled nine matches this year, 10 matches this year, when you include conference tournaments. So, and that assumes that conference tournaments go off without a hitch. I mean, like you mentioned, COVID right now is throwing a wrench, a lot of things. I'm going to be interested to see if the NCAA or conferences come down with some guidance or some legislation about how they want teams, programs, and conferences to handle COVID. Now, I mean, we're seeing that in the NBA, we saw that in the NFL a little bit. So that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. 
I'm definitely curious if they'll, at least in the NCAA's number one, if they'll go back to their old ways where they said no fans, only like, mm-hmm. I think, what was it? Like a few family members, an athlete, yeah. if that. Or if they'll change up even the seating. I mean, they're <laughs> the way they've done it in the past has definitely ruffled feathers in just a normal year. Yeah. So I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when we have such a, I don't even know, like an unbalanced field with how many matches at the end of the season guys are going to be able to have under their belts going into NCAA. So yeah, definitely no an interesting again. season. <laughs> yeah. No fans again would be really unfortunate. Um, I've only been to one NCAA tournament. I was going to go to the one up in Minneapolis back when I was still a reporter. Um, but obviously that got canceled completely. But the one I went to is down in St. Louis in 2016. And it was absolutely incredible. I've never been in an environment like that. I've covered bowl games. I've covered New Year's Six bowl games. I've covered um, men's NCAA basketball tournament games. I've covered women's NCAA tournament basketball games. I've, I've run the gamut in terms of college sports and big events that I've covered but NCAA wrestling tournament, there's nothing like that. The blood round is absolutely incredible to find out who's going to be an All-American, who's not going to be. And then the finals are absolutely electric. And that was um, that was Jaden Cox and Kyle Snyder. Kyle Snyder was just coming off his Olympic gold medal. Jaden Cox was coming off his Olympic bronze medal. And those two just lit up the entire arena. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, so having no fans, because the fans are what makes the experience having no fans would be unfortunate. I would understand it. I would, but man, Oh, it's just such an awesome experience to be at an NCAA tournament. I, uh, I was supposed to go to the Minneapolis one. That was going to be my very first one. And yeah, the news of it being canceled were absolutely devastating. Um, it was devastating for me as a reporter and I can't imagine what it felt like for the guys themselves. I know. I remember when I talked to Metcalf postseason, he said there was definitely tears in a lot of the mm-hmm. guy's eyes knowing that the season was just abruptly over. So yeah. hopefully we can figure something out. Um, I want to believe and stay positive that we'll have a normal NCAA, but you know, you never know. Like, like you said, Midlands was canceled. So left field. And I mm-hmm. feel like that really shook up the sport and kind of started ha- pushing people to have the conversations, whether our conference championships and NCAA is going to be normal. So definitely an interesting, interesting time. Uh, but excited. We get a lot of action this week after only having one duel last week. So. Yeah, Iowa State's not signed up for any tournaments, any big national tournaments this year. Obviously, the Dactronics open earlier this year, and there's going to be the last chance open again, I think. Um, so this weekend is probably going to be the closest Iowa State gets to a tournament with Cal State, and then they're getting on a plane on Thursday, I believe you said, and they're going to be out in Wyoming for the Friday, and then they're going to have two dual meets against not great competition, but you still got to make weight for those. So it's going to be simulating that type of tournament back-to-back weigh-in type of deal. Um, so it's going to be, yeah, four, four, four dual meets in a short amount of time, guys got to make weight. So in terms of turnaround and making weight, it's going to be the closest they get to a tournament, but competition, man, you'd like to, you'd like to see Iowa state tested a little bit more, obviously Wyoming. And we can talk more about this if you want. Wyoming is going to be the biggest test of them all, but, um, you'd like a little bit more, but we'll see. No, I completely agree with you as much as it. You know, it's fun to go in and say, oh, Iowa State walked out of this night sh- with a shutout win. Like, on paper, it always looks great. It's 
it's fun when you get to walk out writing a winning story versus a losing one. But yeah, it just, you're, we've definitely been missing just a really good hard opponent. I mean, you can go back and say, Iowa was a, Iowa was a good opponent. They have a stacked roster without a doubt. No, but you know, the Seahawk duel is just such a different beast of its own and just the atmosphere of it. So I am definitely excited to have a different, tougher opponent. I'm definitely looking forward to their road trip to Oklahoma towards the end of the month. Um, Cause yeah, I think it's time that we get to see some of these guys challenge, especially some of the younger guys like Kaisen and um, Ramazan. Now that he's back to fully being healthy. Um, I definitely would love to see heavyweight have a really uh, tough opponent. Um, honestly, just the whole lineup, but definitely those younger guys to see how they kind of respond to their training and see how that translates on the mat. You talked to dresser today, right? Yes. Did he give any indication about who's going to be going at 165 going forward? Is it going to be um, Austin Kreiser or Isaac judge or someone else? Did he give any indication on that? He did not. 165 definitely has been the biggest question mark (laughs) for a long time. And I, yeah, I wish he, you know, when we've asked him in the past, it just always comes down to who comes out of it in the wrestling room. And Isaac judge has seemed to be the one that comes out, but I know he's been struggling with some injuries. So I think that's why we've also seen other guys kind of come out there. So I think without Isaac having an injury, it's still just a gigantic question mark. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I just, just want to see if there's some more clarity there. Um, but going back to, you said heavyweight, it'll be fun to see what, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what Sam Schuyler is about because he's going to be wrestling Brian Andrews from Wyoming. And apparently Andrews, it seems like he's been at Wyoming for forever and he's always been a, a top end contender at the big 12 tournament uh, in March. So that'll be a good test for him. Another one I'm really excited for is younger Bastida at 197. Um, he's got number three, Steven Buchanan. And I feel like this, I think this is the third or the second third ranked wrestler youngers wrestled this season. He beat, Jacob Warner from Iowa earlier this year, who was number three at that time, I believe. So he's gonna be wrestling Steven Buchanan this year. Um, I don't make too big of a secret about this, but I am one of younger Bastida's biggest fans. I love younger Bastida. <laughs> um, I've told you for a long time now, I want a younger Bastida story. Since you do speak Spanish, he's obviously from Cuba. I want that story. So not to put you under the gun or put too much pressure <laughs> on you, but I need that story. Um, but Younger's really, he's come on strong this year. He beat the Purdue guy earlier this year, earlier this year, who is, I think, ranked the top 10. Obviously, Jacob Warner, like I talked about. Younger Bastida can take down, I believe, I firmly believe this, Younger Bastida can take down anyone in the country. It's his mat wrestling that's going to win or lose in matches um, to, go in some, to go into some Younger Bastida history. Last year, he, take, he took down AJ Ferrari, and I believe... He was the only person to take down AJ Ferrari that entire year last year. So that's a good notch on your belt. He also beat Kyvan Gatson, NCAA champion Kyvan Gatson in a freestyle wrestling tournament. And when Kyvan won his national championship, he didn't give up a takedown that entire national championship run in the NCAA tournaments. So the fact that younger Bastida can take these guys down, it shows how good of a wrestler he is on his feet. If he can just survive mat wrestling, He's, I believe he's going to be an all American. I think he's going to contend and really surprise some people. I don't know. I'm not sure he beats an AJ Ferrari, but 
man, I, I love younger Bastida. I love his talent and I need that feature story, Jackie. <laughs> I am. I'm working on it. I'm definitely working on getting that uh, story. He is just, I completely agree. I do believe he can take anyone down in this, in the country. He, it's just incredible to watch him up close. It's especially incredible. If you go back and watch how he wrestled last season to how he's wrestling now, it's crazy how, just how far he's come already and how much he's improved being able to start on bottom. If he has to, um, he definitely has a backstory. I think that is really important to learn about, um, He's been, he's only been here. He got here. What last summer last I think summer. coach coach said he's yep. only been here for 54 weeks, yep. probably now 56. <laughs> so <laughs> he is a, yeah, he's a big, big, big talent. Definitely huge for Iowa state to have him in the lineup. Um, I think he will impress us in the NCAAs. There's just no way he doesn't. And he just has a crazy energy and he's so confident. He is so mm. confident. If you watch him after he wins, he just radiates it. And it's awesome for a wrestler to have that smugness, that attitude. It's, it's what the sport's about. So Absolutely. definitely excited, definitely excited to see how he continues. And it's honestly exciting that he has such tough competition. Just keeps him on his toes the whole time. Absolutely. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. His tough competition and his persona, him spiking the headgear after he beat Jacob Warner of Iowa was in Incredible. I don't care that he lost a team point for <laughs> Iowa state. I don't care about any of that. The fact that he spiked his headgear and that bounced like 10 feet in the air was awesome. <laughs> and just to highlight the point more that he is transitioning to folks out more last year, in the beginning of the season, he did his signature fireman carry a few times and in freestyle that scoring points because he did expose his opponents back for two points, but he'd never get the takedown for the full four. And he had trouble transitioning at the beginning of the season last year because he'd do his fireman's carry, expose the wrestler, his opponent, except in folk style that doesn't score you points. Now we're seeing him, he's developed a shot, um, a reliable shot to get takedowns. We saw last week, um, he's not afraid to go upper body. So really, really exciting wrestler that it's going to be fun to see him develop because he's only a sophomore. He's got two and a half more years to really understand folk style and he's never going to be great on top as a writer and that's fine but just his ability to get out from bottom like you mentioned um it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to grow and develop because if he can get out from bottom reliably he's going to be a menace and you know it's also awesome to see just his relationship with the team i think that's super mm -hmm. important because when you find a guy like that and to see that he is going to be around for a long time because you know, what's stopping him from eventually just deciding to leave. And I think the way that you've seen him with his teammates on the match side is really awesome. Like David Carr is immediately in his corner and David always boasts about him and availabilities and how great he's doing and how much fun it is to just compete with him. And younger himself told us um, just how big it is for him to be able to practice in the wrestling room with Kyvin. So he's mm. in there daily with him. And then he has Fernando in his corner, which is a coach who is also bilingual, who you'll probably hear Matt sides coaching mm -hmm. in Spanish, which I think is so cool because you don't tend to see that too often. <laughs> so. No, no, absolutely not. And then just to build off your point again of younger, really being um, ingrained with his teammates after he got his pin against the Northwest Kansas technical community college opponent, David Carr, like you mentioned, 
he was the first one to greet him and he got him in the fireman's carry and carried him around for a little bit. And watching <laughs> David Carr, the 157 pounder, do that to the 197 pounder was entertaining. And it's just, it was, that moment was fun to watch and see. Yes. It's definitely fun to see these guys just having fun with each other. You know, once guys finish competing, that corner is pretty full. I think mm -hmm. just this last week, it, it wasn't since there was some guys out at that open tournament. Um, but most of the time this season, I've seen them more than usual, um, hyping each other up in the corner and just being really excited. So it's definitely fun to see the energy up amongst the team. Uh, I think that probably helps a lot as they get ready to wrestle some tougher competition the rest of the season. No, absolutely. And it's, it's cool to see in a sport like wrestling where it's obviously an individual sport. I touched on that earlier. That's why I'm, I've been drawn to it is it's just you out there, but to be celebrated by your teammates is awesome. I mean, it's weird to say wrestling has teammates, but they do. They work together every day in the room. They're working to get each other better. They're beating each other up sometimes in the wrestling room. It, it's not fun in there all the time. Sometimes you're going after you're going after each other and things get heated, whatever. But to see them come together in the corner, like you mentioned, it's just it's fun to see and it's it's cool to see it which I think makes this Sunday even more exciting because it seems everyone's pretty excited to head to Montana. And, you know, as much as it's always about the team as a collective, it's, you know, Sunday's really about Jared Dagan. And I asked him about this today. I said, what does it feel like for you to look back at your career? And now it's your final season and you're literally headed home. And he's like, I, I can't think about that right now. Like I'll think about it later, which I get it. It's probably pretty emotional. It's your sixth year on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, but everyone seems pretty excited to rally around him and go compete in a unique venue again, which this time it's his high school gym, which what a cool opportunity, honestly, for a wrestler. Like you get to, he's not really ending his career yet, but you kind of get to kind of end your career in a sense, uh, going back to where it probably sort of kind of started, um, at least headed towards his college career. So it is pretty exciting to see that happening this week. Definitely a staple, it seems now, for Dresser to be a guy who adds in some unique dual locations on the schedule, which honestly makes, I think, my job pretty fun. No, absolutely. It's I give Dresser a ton of credit for bringing wrestling to unique and different locations. He obviously started um, the wrestling on a stage in the performance art building. He'd started that back in Virginia Tech. He did that at Iowa State for a few years. This year, he brings his team up to Humboldt, Iowa to wrestle Purdue where both Kevin Dresser and their Purdue head coach, where they were, I think they were teammates at Humboldt. Were they not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they, they go and wrestle in that unique venue. He gets his 200th win there, which is awesome. And then, like you said, now they're going to Belgrade, Montana to send it's the beginning of Jarrett Dagan's swan song. We'll say that to begin Jarrett Dagan's swan song as a six year senior and start sending him off and celebrating him for the incredible cyclone he is that first year that Kevin Dresser was here, Jarrett Dagan was the only NCAA tournament qualifier. So to do this for him, the guy who has, he kind of, he hasn't put the program on his back necessarily, but he helped lift it up. And especially in those early years where it wasn't always fantastic. So he helped carry the program for a little bit. He put it on his back for a little bit and we always see his funky style of wrestling and how entertaining that is. But and he's a, he's kind of a goofy guy when you talk to him, but to go back to his home where he started, um, it's going to be a really, really cool moment for him. And I don't blame him too much for 
um, not trying to think about it right now because it will be emotional for him. I have a really hard time imagining that it won't be. You know, he said something today that really stuck out just in his demeanor when he was talking about it. He, he said that he knows and realizes that to people, he probably should be back home with a full-time job. But he's like, to me, I'm, I'm just still a college student. Like I'm still here doing the thing. So I thought it was just, it was a very wholesome thing to hear from a guy that you watch come out every corner, you know, out of the tunnel and you expect him to come out and do his funky stuff on the mat and demolish his opponents. So I thought it was a very endearing moment for him to just be like, no, I'm still here. I'm still a college wrestler. I'm still here to compete. And, you know, he did imply, he said, hopefully wrestling, this isn't the like it for me with wrestling. So definitely I'd excited love to for see him. Jared Bagan, the coach. <laughs> definitely. I, I look forward to seeing Jarrett wrestle against very short people. Cause it just only brings out even more funky moves from him. It absolutely does. I'll always remember, um, against, uh, the Iowa guy from two years ago, Pat, oh, what was his last name? Is it Lou He's Hugo? He's from Edinburgh, no. Pat. Yeah, I think it's Hugo. No, it's I'm it's Lugo, Pat Lugo. Lugo, Pat Lugo. Lugo. Okay. Pat Lugo. Um, Pat Lugo tried to mat return Jarrett Dagan and he lifted him or he tried to lift him. He fired his hips and Jarrett Dagan's feet did not leave the mat. He, they, his feet just stayed right on the mat. Pat Lugo could not mat return him because he's way too tall. It just, it's so funny to watch people try to mat return Jarrett Dagan because it's, it's not possible in the traditional sense of lifting a guy off the mat and then mat returning him. You can't do that against Jarrett Dagan. His feet don't leave the ground. He's a six foot three, six foot four, 149 pounder. And it's so fun to watch him. He, uh, I actually have photos of that match. I do. And the photo is literally Pat, like bent so far down and Jared's not even does it. It looks so effortless. And today he, you know, people don't always get to see the side of them that we do. And today Jarrett walked into availability and he stood up on the like ottoman they have in their little like conference mm. room next to the wrestling room. And he doesn't need the height. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He thought he was being funny trying to stand up there during the interview. So <laughs> definitely excited for him. I'm, it'll, it'll be a good week. Yeah. I'm six foot four. So I never had too much of a practice height. He seemed pretty normal height to me, but then when you compare him to the other wrestlers, he's as he's taller than most heavyweights. I mean, let's be real about this. A 149 pounder taller than most heavyweights is a sight to behold when you get them lined up in their pregame or pre-match um, introductions and stuff. And you see all 10 of them out there and the guy in the middle towards the beginning of the middle is the tallest one on the team. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he is definitely a funky guy. We will definitely, I think everyone as a whole will miss having his lankiness and funkiness and just overall unique wrestling style out there. Uh, but I mean, many guys can now say they've, <laughs> they're going to close out their careers after six years. That's a long time. Uh, it is a but, long time which also, I mean, it is also exciting because he came back for a sixth year and this is the healthiest he's been in years. So talk about yeah. an opportunity getting that extra year and get to close out in a way better note than he would have last season. Yeah, absolutely. He was, and I think he'd agree with me and not be mad at me for saying this. He was a shell of himself last year. 
um, he didn't really have use of his shoulder. And when you wrestle like Jared Dagan, who wrestles a lot of overhooks, a lot of underhooks and upper body type of stuff, not use being able to use your shoulder is going to cost you a lot of problems. And I asked him um, during, I might, it might've been wrestling media availability. It might've been the one immediately following that back when I was still a journalist. Um, I asked him what all he went through last year and it always, his shoulder was always popping out. And he's like the first time it hurt a lot. I was like, wow, I believe that. Um, but then apparently he got used to it, but being a getting used to your shoulder popping out of place cannot be a fun place to be because no matter what that sounds painful, but, um, credit to him for trying to stick it out and trying to, um, be the Jarrett Dagan that we know. But like you said, him being able to finish it out, like he should, and like he wants to, um, I think it's fantastic. And I, you told me a story, um, before we started recording about, um, dresser, promising, I think it was Jarrett Dagan's dad that they would try to get a, try to get a match up in Montana back when Dresser was trying to recruit him to Virginia tech. Uh, can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So we, we were talking to Jarrett and we kind of asked him, you know, how did this come to be? Cause you know, how was this a dresser idea? Was this your idea? And he said his dad had actually approached dresser like, Hey, at some point, can we, you know, host a duel in Montana? And how that would play out, who knew, I'm sure at the time when he looked at it, but, um, Jarrett himself had said, you know, I'm sure Dresser brushed it off. So it's definitely great as you, you know, bring up the way Jared at one point was carrying the team in excitement. Um, it's so fun to see that, you know, Jared's legacy is going to matter when people look back. And so something that started probably pretty small when Jarrett first joined Dresser at Virginia tech. Um, cool to see it become, you know, come to fruition now in his senior season, uh, final season, I should say. So it all started with his dad just asking, and I'm sure the Dagan family's very excited to finally see it happening, not just one duel, but having two duels in that gym and really benefit the two small teams out in Montana. And, uh, I know Jarrett said he's very excited to be able to bring more, you know, more publicity to say more attention to the, uh, to the state of Montana as a whole, as it, you know, you don't think of Montana necessarily when you say, Hey, give me three wrestling States. So started off with a father just asking, Hey, can we make this happen? And here we are six years later. That's fantastic. Because a lot of, a lot of recruiting promises, they go unfulfilled. So to get this one is that's a pretty fun story. I mean, yeah, especially after Jarrett or Dagan followed him from Virginia Tech. You know, he yeah. didn't have to. And Jarrett moved his life out here to Iowa. So that is very exciting. Absolutely. But, well, Ben, I think we've had a great run here today on our inaugural episode. We are both super pumped to have you guys continue to join us on a week-to-week basis as we continue to cover the team and everything going on around the program. and you know, other fun wrestling nuggets that come up. Cause we are never lacking in those. <laughs> um, Speaking of nuggets that we're never lacking in, I forgot <laughs> to bring this up and I'm so glad you said it. My, my fun fact, my, my nugget for um, <laughs> Cal state Bakersfield, super bowl winning 
offensive lineman Stephen Neal was an All-American and a two-time NCAA champion for Cal State Bakersfield back in the 90s. So there's your fun factor of Cal State Bakersfield. They get a boast that Stephen Neal wrestled for him. The Patriots, I think they drafted him in the NFL draft, having not played football since high school. It's one of those Bill Belichick witchcraft type deals where he <laughs> gets some guy no one's ever heard of and turns him into a Super Bowl winning player. So there's your fun fact, Stephen Neal, Cal State Bakersfield. There it is. You're going to have people expecting these nuggets after every episode, so you better come prepared. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. I can't promise a Stephen Neal level fun fact, but I'll do my best to see what I can do. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Ben. And thank you to those of you who will be joining us. Hopefully you stick around for all of our craziness and weirdness for the rest of the season. Absolutely. It was an absolute pleasure. And I'm excited to keep doing this. <laughs> Thanks, Ben.